Uh, that's an appropriate song for our next guest on the Kevin Care Show on Sports 1440 as we welcome in Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News, uh, beat writer, uh, beat reporter with the uh, Texas Rangers. Uh, morning, Evan. How are things going down in uh, the Lone Star State? Uh, well, they're they're hot. Everything is uh, is hot here, including the American League West race and the wild card race. Oh, is it ever? And of course, we're really watching it uh, up here with the Toronto Blue Jays situation, neck and neck with the Texas Rangers. I got to give you full disclosure. I'm in a rotisserie baseball league, and I had uh, Josh Young on my team, and when he went down about six weeks ago, so did my team. So, uh, but. With young, You're not at, alone. I know with young and Adolis Garcia back, it seems like the Rangers have kind of, kind of uh, got back to their groove in the last last little bit. Well, I, I mean, I think there's a, a lot involved in why the offense has perked up here, particularly in the last couple of days, and and did during that four game series in Toronto mm-hmm. as well. But piece by piece, they've gotten guys back. This is a team that had six all-stars for the game in Seattle um, and five of the six ended up on the IL at some point in time in the second half uh, and four of those five were, were guys who were regulars in their lineup mm-hmm. so you got Jonah Heim back uh, earlier than you expected in the middle of August but I think his hand from a, from a wrist injury was still bothering him um, you got uh, uh, Evan Carter came up here the first of September and is a really is what is, is the top prospect uh, and is a really disciplined and advanced hitter and the Rangers needed some of that at the bottom of their lineup um, and then obviously getting Young and Garcia back that's that's two guys who had hit 56 home runs between them uh, before they went on the IL uh, getting those two guys back really kind of um, plumps out the middle of your lineup so. Now you you go through the lineup and one through nine once again there there are um, there are threats all the way down so I, I think that is a big reason why this team went out and scored 15 runs against the Boston Red Sox on Wednesday and I think it's a big reason why they feel optimistic going into their final 10 games with what amounts to a best of seven with Seattle. Yeah, best of seven. Seven games with Seattle. That's basically going to decide things. Evan Grant, Dallas Morning News, is our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, When Max Scherzer went down against uh, the Blue Jays, it's almost like the team sort of um, had a like a, a big uh, bandied about. They did. They kind of rallied around the injury and and and. But I mean, you can't replace a guy like that. But for how will they do that moving forward? I guess they move Cody Bradford up a little bit more. Or how's it going to work? I think it's going to be. It really is over these final ten days. It's going to be, and and quite frankly, probably into the wild card series as well. It's going to be a scramble. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Montgomery stepped up after the day after Scherzer was hurt and really pitched well and has pitched well. Um, and he's the one guy the Rangers can count on right now for innings. Um, beyond him, I think it's it's a little bit – it's going to be short leashes for starters. Mm-hmm. It's going to be other starters who aren't pitching are going to pitch out of the bullpen. Um, Martin Perez, who had been deposed to the bullpen um, – uh, at the beginning of August, has really pitched well for this team down the stretch. Had a big outing yesterday uh, against um, Boston. And so it won't surprise me if Bruce Bochy goes with as much of a mix-and-match plan as he possibly can to keep Seattle off balance as as possible. You know, that could be he's got, he's got lots of options on the left-hand side with Montgomery, mm-hmm. Perez, Andrew Heaney, 
Um, he could go with, with lefties and back them up with righties some days. Or he could go with righties like Uvalde, Gray, um, and Dane Dunning and back them up with lefties. I, I've, I've been trying to play out <laughs> what the Rangers might do here, but I think it, it, it's going to depend. It's really going to be on a game-by-game basis based on what his need is that day. They're managing these like playoff games. Were you surprised that Bochy gave the hook to John Gray early yesterday, even though he did give up a couple long balls and had uh, you know gave up four runs early to Boston? Uh, no, I wasn't. I, I again, I. To, to go back to the idea that, you know, he's going to – look, Bochy's been a great bullpen manager throughout his career. Um, the difference in this time around versus his previous tenures with San Francisco and, and San Diego are that he can't go to one batter specialist. And mm-hmm. so he's had to kind of, of tune his bullpen um, handling a little bit. The second part of it is Gray has struggled the last three times out. I think this was his third consecutive start of less than five innings, and he just hasn't been very effective. Um, and I think, you know, there is some thought right now, look, if we can uh, – when we can make the other team turn their lineup over and go to all their platoon players and, and, and use up their bench early, um, it, it, it can be a um, – it can be an advantage for us. So um, – all of that plays in, and, and, and I would not be surprised here if Martin Perez does get a start over mm-hmm. these final 10 games. Pitched well against Seattle last year. He hasn't faced them this year, um, and, and so it would, not, it would not surprise me one bit. Evan Grant, Dallas Morning News, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Jacob DeGrom had Tommy John surgery, uh, massive contract. He's 35. He'll be 36 next year. Is this... Um, are they going to the Texas Rangers? Are they going to be down the road here, going, man? What did we do with this guy are, with this long term? Are game? they going to regret it? Yeah. <laughs> um, are they, do I they think, already? I th- no, I don't think they do. I, I think that listen, um, Degrom opened a lot of doors for them with a lot of other pitchers, and um, this is a guy even this year for the for the short amount of time that he was healthy again was dominant on the mound, and I think that. I do, I think to some extent Jacob has for the last two years been waiting for that elbow to go. That's just my supposition. I think he was he was concerned that it had, that it had happened two years ago, and I think he's felt like he was kind of nursing it all the way through. So maybe this will give him some reassurance going forward that he's got a few more light, uh, years of life in the arm. Um, sure, it was a risk, but the Rangers felt like they had a position player group that was ready to go out there and win. They felt like they had depth in the farm system with Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. Now, there's been some circumstances there where Rocker suffered a Tommy John uh, uh, injury to the UCL and required Tommy John. Leiter has struggled, uh, or it did, for the first half of this year. Um, and they've had a couple other pitchers go down. But they felt like, look, if we can go in and add some veteran pitchers here, we can start our clock early and the pitching that we've got on the way is going to catch up with it. Is there risk involved with it? Sure. Mm-hmm. But after seven consecutive years of losing seasons, I think this team was willing to take on the risk of, of uh, ownership was willing to take on the risk of doing what it needed to do to try and give this team a legitimate shot to win. And I, I have to say this, Kevin, that yeah. they have taken risks and they did go out, look, and they did add Scherzer. Uh, they've done all they can to, to really 
improve this roster and give them as much pitching depth as they possibly can. If there's one area that the Rangers didn't address, of course, it's the bullpen, and that's been the area that's been the biggest weakness all season. And it just goes to show you in this game, in baseball, that it's going to catch up with you. When you get a weakness, something's going to catch up with you. Yeah. Jose Leclerc picked up a save the other day, and Smith's faltered. Chapman is what he is. Is, is it, again, a situation with Bochy? He's just kind of going to play a matchup, go with the hot hand. What do you, where do you see that going? I, I think a little bit of that. I, 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 you know, it, it's weird that when Chapman has pitched before the ninth, he's been outstanding, and when he has pitched in the ninth, he's not been so great. But um, Leclerc looked Leclerc looked great mm-hmm. one day in Toronto. He didn't look so great one day in Cleveland. Um, I, I think the Rangers, and it's not much of a strategy right now. But I think the Rangers' hope is: look, they've got guys in the bullpen with good arms, and they've got guys who have all been hot for a month or five weeks at some point in time this year. What their season is going to come down to is if those guys get hot for, for five weeks together here going into October, this team can run as deep as anybody in, in the postseason. If it doesn't, it's going to be out quickly. And that's I, there's no there doesn't seem to be an in-between with this team. Evan Grant, Dallas Morning News, is our guest on Sports 1440 in Edmonton. Um, how do you see the AL West play out here. I mean, in the final, uh, you know, week and a half of the season. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, Texas is right there to win the division, as is Seattle, uh, just a half game behind Houston. But the wild card is just so close as well. Uh, do you? But again, yeah, I, you, go ahead, sorry. I, I think you know, if you look at the schedule right now, I think Houston's got a little bit of an edge. Um, they've got the weaker schedule now. They have three games again at Seattle to start next week, and Seattle does is home all next week. But the Mariners play three against the Rangers this week and finish with four next week, and they've got Houston in between that. Um, the Rangers are on the road for the final week of the season with mm-hmm. three games at L.A. before they go to Seattle. Uh, I feel like Houston's got the advantage, um, the slightest of advantages in this three-team race. I just, you know, and I, I, I think that the – the Rangers-Seattle series, it, it basically comes down to whoever wins the best of seven is going to for sure go to the playoffs, and the other team, it's gonna, it, it's going to be, um, it probably comes down to a tiebreaker, very yeah. possibly with the Blue Jays. The Rangers have the tiebreaker with the Blue Jays. I haven't checked out the Mariners. Series. Mariners have it too. Blue Jays. Yeah, they have it too. So, you know, Toronto's on the short end there, and Toronto's got what six games left against Tampa Bay, right? Yeah. They've got three this weekend and three to close the year out. So that's a tough that's a tough row for the Blue Jays to, to, to hoe. Um, and that's why it was so important that the Rangers win at least the first two games in that series up there so that they own that tiebreaker. What did you make of that series with the Jays? Because Texas just dominated Toronto. I don't know what to make of it, to be honest with you, Kevin, because you know they, they had a, sh- a showdown series with the Astros a week before, and the inverse of what happened in Toronto happened to them, I think, Houston outscored them thirty nine to seven or thirty seven to nine, something like that, in those three games. Uh, then they went to Toronto and absolutely obliterated the Jays in a place where they haven't played well for a long time. And then they go and lose three straight at Cleveland. So every time you feel like you've got this Rangers team figured out, um, at least in the second half, I think they've had. I think they have now had six winning or losing streaks of at least four games in the second half. So it's it, 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 they've just been an impossible team to figure out. And I, I do think that 
having gotten Evaldi back and he's continuing to build up and now having gotten all these players back from the IL and, and having enough time to get their timing down, uh, if this team can find a way into the postseason, whether they're, whether they're opening at home as the division champion or whether they uh, are on the road as a wildcard team, they're a very dangerous team because they're finally back to what they had for most of the first half. Well, one thing's certain, it's going to be a hell of a final 10, 11 days here, and I think everyone's looking forward to um, just kind of keeping an, an eye on the standings and keeping an eye on all these uh, games that everyone's squaring off with each other. Uh, thanks thanks for doing this, Evan. Appreciate your time, uh, and enjoy the, uh, the, the the stretch run here for the Texas Rangers. Thanks, Kevin. Enjoy it. Take care. Yeah, you too. Uh, that's Evan Grant, Dallas Morning News. Uh, man, it's going to be tight. There's no question about it. Blue Jays wrap up their series in New York tonight with the Yankees and then it's three games in Tampa Bay then it's back to Toronto for three games against both the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays again Uh, when we come back we will check in with Eric Lowe ESPN Senior Manager of Programming and Acquisitions the Edmonton Oilers with a strong presence on American television coming up this year. This is Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program, 1018 in the Capital Region. Uh, really excited to bring in our next guest, uh, something that we've kind of been talking about all morning. Eric Lowell, ESPN's Senior Manager of Programming and Acquisitions. Eric, welcome to Sports 1440. How are you? Hey, Kevin, good to hear from you. Uh, happy to be on with you today. Oh, it's good to have you. And, I mean, we've been kind of talking with many of our guests, uh, you know, our co-host, a former NHLer, Ladislav Schmid, on Thursdays. And, uh, you know, I just mentioned it to him that, you know, this year we are going to see more Edmonton Oilers hockey in the United States on ESPN. Uh, and he was like, what took so long? That's the first thing that he said. <laughs> Uh, so kind of the same question to you, Eric. Uh, how did all this come about, and um, what took so long? Well, it, it, uh, you know, we didn't have a, the, the TV rights yes. for 17 years, uh, which, which prevented us from doing so. But after the last two years of diving back into the hockey world, uh, it's quite clear that the Edmonton Oilers are, are uh, one of the top teams in the league, obviously have some of the top players mm-hmm. Uh, with, with Connor and Leon, and um, we've seen some data to suggest that uh, that the Edmonton Oilers resonate nationally, and we're really excited about getting them on ABC uh, one time this season, along with two ESPN appearances. Um, and then uh, we are planning on doing something really special this year. The, the Oilers come through the, the New York media market uh, the week before Christmas, and we will have all three of their games as they make their way through the Metropolitan. Wow. They'll play the Islanders, the Devils, and the Rangers. And we think that, uh, you know, what better way to put that team uh, uh, on display than bringing them nationally to the American audience as they make their way through the, the largest media market in the country. Well, that's going to be more than exciting as uh, Eric Lowe from ESPN's uh, Senior Management Division of Programming and Acquisitions is our guest on 1440. So, Eric, when you kind of looked at the schedule and you see everything, and, I mean, you're talking to, you know, Gary Bettman and you're talking to all the execs of where and how you can play this out, can you kind of just run that through for our listeners, how this all kind of came to be to kind of have a little more of a push to see two of the top players, you know, a little bit more in the United States? 
Yeah, no, um, uh, it's an, the, the schedule build is an annual process. Um, the league handles all the communication with the, uh, the teams and, and, uh, the teams are responsible for, uh, letting, letting the league know when the, their building is available. Obviously a lot of franchises share a venue here in the United States with an NBA franchise. So building availability becomes the number one factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, the, the, the rights holders start, um, uh, negotiating and helping kind of lay out some requests for, you know, whether there's, uh, outdoor games or, uh, um, uh, specific windows like opening night for us is a tent pole event. So we're really excited about having a triple header this year. And at, it's, it's pretty much an annual process. It takes a really long time for it to come together. And then uh, once the, the league presents us with a, a few versions of the schedule, we, we have to start kind of putting together the matrix here in the States. Uh, we can only put a team on our network's, eight times uh, there's team appearance limits and then obviously with a team like the Oilers or even uh, Toronto um, because it's a Canadian franchise there there uh, are no limits uh, for how many times you can put them on but we're obviously trying to balance uh, the schedule to make sure we're giving uh, equal coverage uh, across the board for all the top teams in the league so for us we found a unique opportunity like I said with Edmonton this year um, Going through the the New York market mm-hmm. the week before the week before Christmas and uh, getting them on ABC for us is a really good opportunity. I, I, they're uh, traveling down to Dallas in February, and obviously Dallas had a great run last year, uh, making it to the Western Conference Final. And we uh, we certainly think it's a, or one of the best matchups in the Western Conference this year. And putting it on ABC only represents that thinking. Yeah, so much to look forward is um, Eric Lowe's our guest on Sports 1440. And, and my mistake, Eric, for at the start, uh, for not kind of mentioning that, you know, ESPN uh, was away from hockey for, for a long period of time. And I, I was lucky enough to do Oilers uh, color on radio from uh, 03, sure. to, for to, 03 to 2010. So traveled quite a bit uh, with the team in the United States. And, you know, we didn't see the, the presence of hockey on ESPN. We didn't. We just didn't see it. And um, now that it's back on ESPN, it's such a massive, massive um, aspect for building the NHL moving forward in the United States. Can you kind of just discuss what it was like to kind of be away from hockey and now what's it like for ESPN to be kind of back in the hockey game? Well, as a, as a lifelong hockey fan, uh, it, was, it was one of the more rewarding experiences for me professionally to uh, – uh, be a part of the team that was able to to get the NHL back on ESPN, and there are so many people in Bristol, Connecticut, who are diehard hockey fans. Everyone represents their team on their sleeves, um, and th- there's almost a cult-like faction mm-hmm. to the hockey fan. When we didn't have uh, the rights for NHL, that we all we were all fans, and then when we brought it back, there was such an internal buzz and excitement to bring the NHL back into the fold. Uh, across our networks and to get it back into the bloodstream of ESPN. Uh, obviously, we we have tons of rights with other major professional sports leagues as well as uh, college football and college basketball across all of our networks and platforms. And um, uh, we, to get the NHL back in our portfolio made us feel whole again. And as mm-hmm. you can see with us uh, in the first two years, 
really made an emphasis on uh, fantastic coverage, hiring top name personalities to, to analyze the game. And we're really excited about the opportunities that lie ahead in year number three for us as we get the Stanley Cup final back on ABC and ESPN Plus this year after it um, made its rotation over to TNT last year. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the NHL needs ESPN, and it's as simple to say that. Eric Lowe from ESPN is our guest on 1440. Uh, text coming in to one 401 I'm not sure you can kind of uh, answer this, uh, Eric, but this comes in from Dean. Uh, great show. I'll try to make this as, 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 as succinct as I can. How about the first two games of the regular season be the two finalists of the Stanley Cup every year? Uh, so Vegas and Florida. Now I know scheduling is not exactly, we're not, we can't go there, but um, is that something you could kind of discuss and say, Hey, you know, could we kind of do this? Like, you know, you know, the NFL has some certain times, certain games to kick off the year and, and things like that. So where would you kind of respond to this texture from Dean? Uh, I think it's an annual, like I said, it's an annual process. This year for us, we're really excited to have an opening night triple header, uh, beginning with Nashville at Tampa Bay at 5.30 Eastern time. And then uh, in the middle window for us to get Connor Bedard's debut with the Chicago Blackhawks taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh. That should be a a great way to round out the night and then to be in Mm -hmm. Vegas with the Stanley Cup banner ceremony, I'm sure, Vegas has all sorts of fantastic plans uh, for the the ceremony uh, during pregame as they face off against the Kraken. Right. You know, for us, uh, there's there's a, a whole variety of factors uh, that factor into opening night matchups. You know, most notably, the the I, I think one of the most difficult things to figure out is when you take the Stanley Cup final. Uh, finalists from the year before, they only play twice during the regular season. Mm-hmm. And so to, um, you know, and especially with teams like Vegas and, and uh, Florida, who geographically are not very close to one another, um, uh, taking that travel into consideration as the matrix is built out is probably one of the biggest factors there. Um but uh, it is absolutely always part of the conversation to put together a Stanley Cup final rematch if it, if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this year, uh, leaning into the, obviously, the Seattle Kraken had a fantastic run in the postseason last year, knocking off the Colorado Avalanche in the first round. Uh, and, you know, uh, Vegas uh, winning the Stanley Cup, what a celebration they had. Uh, and, you know, it is a little bit of a preview for the Winter Classic in January mm-hmm. uh, at, at, uh, in Seattle on January 1st. So uh, a variety of factors go into that. But this year we're, we, we're thrilled about what we have on opening night. The Oilers' first uh, appearance, as you mentioned, uh, will be in Philadelphia. Uh, that's a game that uh, comes up on the, an early. Of, it's a very quick road trip for the Oilers. Just a two gamer, they go to Nashville and, and Philadelphia, so that will be uh, early on in the season. But when you kind of have to produce and, and schedule um, a lot of these, well, the triple header to start and a, a double header many times, can you just kind of? you know, expand and discuss how tough those are to kind of do with proximities, time zones, et cetera, staffing, putting t- crews together. Yeah. How, how do you go about that? We are, uh, I work in the programming department. We are in constant communication with our production colleagues as they are responsible for all the crewing, travel, production, all the elements that go into putting on a broadcast. And, um, you know, like I said, it's an annual process. Mm-hmm. The, the schedule build really 
uh, in a weird way, has already started for next year as we uh, are always talking about, you know, network availability, uh, you know, all the, all the little details that go into putting on a game. Uh, it, it's, it, takes, it takes a village. Um, and for us, with Edmonton heading into Philadelphia in that second week, you know, Philadelphia for us, they're, a, they're our, one of the major markets here in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, they've fallen on some tougher times, but they still resonate uh, nationally here for us. And to get Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl coming down to Philadelphia, and obviously John Tortorella behind the bench for Philadelphia, I'm yeah. sure he's got... Uh, some stuff up his sleeve to try to slow down that offense. Uh, for us, we felt like it was a great opportunity to get um, the Oilers on ESPN Plus and Hulu early in the season uh, while showcasing them facing a uh, a bigger audience draw with the Philadelphia Flyers early in the season. Mm-hmm. Eric Lowe from ESPN is our guest on Sports 1440. Sometimes, Eric, we hear up here, that the NHL doesn't market its players well enough, kind of like the NBA does, uh, the superstars, NFL. Um, marketing is such a big, big deal with uh, those two leagues. Um, can ESPN, how much can ESPN help that along with the NHL to kind of, and this is part of what you're doing, having, you know, Connor and Leon yeah. on uh, many games, you know, in the United States, but are there other avenues, other ways where ESPN can kind of, help this league and help the star players kind of be get a little more familiar with the American viewers? Absolutely. Look, it's um, uh, one of our biggest priorities uh, uh, is, is promoting the stars in the game. Uh, we are, we're fortunate that we have so many great stars to choose from. Uh, obviously, we've, we've been talking about the Oilers stars, but there are plenty mm-hmm. more here uh, stateside that um, – you know that we can certainly lean in and help tell their stories. Uh, we we have a dedicated studio show that airs once a week called The Point. Uh, that that is our main storytelling angle here. Um, you know, uh, our we have fantastic reporters with Emily Kaplan and Kevin Weeks who uh, uh, partake in in long form features for us. I I think back to uh, earlier uh, this spring in May. Emily Kaplan sat down with Connor Bedard uh, as he was about to enter the postseason, and it got significant traction here in the states. Talking about the promise of of this wonder kid, Connor Bedard, and then, sure enough, uh, a month and a half later, uh, he ends up getting drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks, and the NHL draft was the most watched draft ever here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but think that the awareness level of our production staff putting together those long form features on Connor to help raise the awareness of how special his talent is. Uh, I have to think that that was a significant factor into um, the, the record ratings and viewership behind the NHL draft in June last, last, um, last spring. So for us, I think we are always looking for storytelling angles. Uh, obviously ESPN is well known for the storytelling across all platforms and studio shows. And, and we, one of my biggest priorities and tasks is trying to elevate the NHL nationally here in the States to help bring the names of Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, 
uh, Austin Matthews and make them household names stateside, despite mm-hmm. them playing north of the border. Yeah, and, and for sure, a guy like Austin Matthews being, you know, uh, an American and, and being the face of hockey in Arizona as well uh, can do nothing yep. but help you, for sure. I wanted to just uh, kind of touch on that uh, that road trip that the Oilers have, uh, as you said, into the New York area in uh, right before Christmas. So it's, uh, uh, and all these games are on ESPN and, and, and Hulu. So it's uh, December 19th. Uh, against the Islanders in New York uh, on the island. Then Thursday, the 21st, against the New Jersey Devils. And then Friday, the 22nd, right before uh, the Christmas break, uh, in New York against the Rangers. Um, This, uh, I mean, you touched on it, but is there anything kind of special or anything that you might have in the works for basically hanging around this team for a week? Yeah, I think uh, those plans are still under discussion. I think for us, we, we certainly will put a, a, a marketing effort behind that push. It is unique for us to follow a team. Uh, obviously, the geography certainly lends itself well with the Devils, Islanders, and Rangers pretty much playing within 10 to 15 square miles of each mm-hmm. other. Um, but for, for us, we will make a significant push behind uh, telling that story uh, for us. We had, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the scoring chase of Connor is obviously top of mind yeah. uh, for, any, for any hockey fan and obviously the fantasy hockey player as well who has a, a, a fantasy sports league. Connor McDavid, I think, would go number one overall in every draft and uh, his statistics that time of year certainly pile up quickly and for us, I think we'll, we'll have all eyes on his trip through uh, the New York metropolitan area. And, and, oh, by the way, don't forget that, you know, the Rangers and the Devils uh, faced off against each other in the first round mm-hmm. last year, and the Devils are certainly on the, uh, on the upswing with all of their talent this year, and that, that game should not be taken lightly. That's not the New Jersey Devils of old. That is a that is a top tier matchup between two top teams in each conference. That, that's just a, a fascinating week coming up, and I think a lot of eyeballs are going to be on on the Oilers. And, and again, we see Connor McDavid here every day, and and sometimes we take yeah. him for granted. Um, but he's such a special player, and, and I think once he gets a little more exposure in the U.S., people are going to go, "Wow, this guy is as good as any player that we've ever seen in this league." Some of those highlight real goals that he has every year continue to amaze me. I remember that uh, the Oilers had that comeback win against the Rangers mm-hmm. a couple seasons ago, and he, he he danced through every every one of the Rangers' defense uh, while while scoring that goal. I think it was to tie the game uh, late in the third. That was uh, that was one for the record books for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he brings the fans out of their seats uh, every night here, and and Leon Dreisaitl as well. So I think. Uh, yeah. Your, your viewers are going to go, man, these guys are good. So I uh, really appreciate your time today, Eric. Uh, um, enjoy hockey season coming up, and uh, I assume you got so much work to do with the triple header coming up on, on the 10th to start things off. So uh, continued success, and uh, look forward to speaking with you again. Appreciate it, Kevin. Thanks for the time, as always. All right, that's Eric Lowe, ESPN Senior Manager of Programming and Acquisitions. And, yeah, with the Oilers having a more prominent role on American television this year, uh, I think a lot of U.S. viewers are going to go, wow, man, these guys are good for sure. Um, we're going to come back, wrap things up, uh, kind of shoot the breeze with the Duke, uh, maybe set up a Fantasy Frenzy at 11 with uh, the Duke and... 
Former Ross Shep Tebert, of course, <laughs> Connor Halley. <laughs> and uh, check, uh, check in with a few of your uh, texts coming into one 833 This is the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Oh, the Duke needed to get his Brian Adams fix in here. Uh, 10.40 as we head down the stretch, the home stretch on the Kevin Carey Show. Uh, session number one, just wrapping up at Oilers training camp, the very first one. Uh, had a 9.30 to 11. Mostly veterans, all veterans pretty well. Excuse me. Uh, session number two starts at 11. Uh, we'll go till, pardon me, starts at 12. Sorry, 12 till one thirty. That's session number two. Um, guys in uh, the second grouping kind of that would, you know, it might ring a bell. Like, so Drake Kajula, uh, Xavier Borgo, uh, Ramblin James Hamblin, uh, who uh, good golfer, came into the Kevin Carey Celebrity Golf Tournament this year. Uh, Matthew Savoy. Uh, so uh, yeah, those are kind of the names that are being bandied about. Uh, four goaltenders in the second grouping, just two in uh, the first one. So mostly veterans uh, coming in. Uh, the Thursday night NFLer, New York Giants, San Francisco 49ers. Um, you know, the, when you look at San Fran's schedule, schedule, Duke, they've got a good schedule. They had started on the road with two games to get two wins. But now they're at home for three. Um, Giants tonight, then Arizona. And then what could be shaping up in week five, possibly, possible, Two four and teams, Dallas Cowboys, San Fran, and that is, I believe, the night game on a Sunday night, and possibly NFC Championship preview. Possibly, what do you think? Dude? Through a couple of weeks, it sure looks like that's yeah. a very real possibility. And you are uh, you're one hundred percent right. Um, yeah, October eight, the six twenty p.m. Cowboys at Niners. Uh, should make for a great one. But, uh, hey, can't get ahead of yourself either. No. A couple games, obviously, before that starting tonight with the Giants. Um, Giants bounced back really well last week in the second half versus those uh, lowly Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> but uh, this tonight's game definitely has some potential to be a bloodbath uh, from what we've seen from the Niners and what we've mostly seen from uh, Jason Strudwick's Giants through a couple games here. So I, I'm, uh, I'm really going to be keeping a close watch. I think, sorry, Struddy, this is an absolute mauling. I think the Giants, uh, I don't think it's going to be as bad as Dallas in week one. But I think this could be just hard to watch. It could be two out of three weeks that Jason Strudwick is just, he's in, he's curled up in the fetal position down in the basement. And Sean is taking some warm tea down to him. Can't see it happening. Man. Uh no Saquon Barkley? Three weeks, probably? Give or take, yeah. That's kind of looking like the, the lineup right now for the Giants. So Matt Breida will be be the man in the backfield for the time being for uh, the New York football Giants. Hearing anything on Brandon Ayuk for San Fran? Uh, I haven't checked. I've been kind of casually strolling mm-hmm. Twitter here in between uh, breaks and stuff just to make sure I try not to miss anything. But I don't have anything concrete yet. I think still questionable uh, at the moment. But... That can obviously change on a dime. And even as uh, early as um, over the weekend, it mm-hmm. was uh, 
uh, Cleveland or on Monday, pardon me, Cleveland um, Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper. Adam Schefter tweeted he was not going to be playing, yes. and then as we got closer to kickoff, it looked like he was going to give it a go. Ended up having a pretty good night if uh, if you owned him in your fantasy league. So it uh, yeah, it, it's hard to say. I'm just going to try and do a quick check here um, as I throw it back mm-hmm. over to you to get some yeah. confirmation, but nothing nothing for sure on Ayuk yet. Uh, Trucker Joe has a text in. We're going to save that for fantasy frenzy. So Trucker Joe will get to that one uh, at the top of the hour. Fantasy frenzy with the Duke of Delburn, uh, Brandon Douglas, and former Ross Shep T-Bird. Connor Halley, yes. Uh, so that's coming up at 11 o'clock. Uh, then we'll have the lowdown with Low Tide, 12 to 2, and then the Jason Greger Show, uh, 2 to 6, right here on Sports uh, 1440. Um, when you look at, I mean, the Oilers, and, and I mean, do, do you think that, I mean, we kind of read the lines out earlier, and I think sometimes fans and um, media to an extent, uh, I think, who do we have on the other? I'm not getting sucked into the lines again, like we've been doing. I think sometimes fans, they look at the lines and they go, this is what it's going to be. Coaches always want to have the options. It's the number one. If you look back to, you know, coaches back in the day, like the old, old guys, their their key word is options. And I mean, it could be a simple thing like for Jay Woodcroft, every game to start the season, he's going to have the option to play seven defensemen, just like he did when he came up. He has that option. Um, Does it work all the time for the matchup that he wants? Is that the option he wants? Is the option going back to six D-men? It's an option. So when you see the lines that come out, and you see, well, okay, you got Connor Brown, you got Connor McDavid, and you got Evander Kane. Those guys aren't going to, you know, they're not going to be together all year. Then you got RNH, you got Leon Dreisettle, you got Zach Hyman. Well, these are all interchangeable parts. It's going to change a lot. So sometimes I think fans and, and, and media, um, they get too ensconced. They get too, uh, they take it for, oh, this is kind of set in stone. Coaches want options, and that's that's what you see on a day-to-day basis when you're coaching teams. Um, text line, 1-833-401-1440. Uh, Joanne says, Schmied, what a beauty. Um, I can't even read that other one. I actually did, but I don't want to say the word succinct again. Hey, got it on the first time. Um, hey, laddie, we need a sub at Claire Drink, 1130 on Saturday. <laughs> Laddie could have a full schedule for rec hockey. Just a rotating beer league uh, player. And I, well, he, I remember when he tweeted that out, uh, maybe it was a couple of years ago now, maybe not even uh, quite that long, that yeah. he, he said he was looking to kind of get <laughs> back into the mix. And, I mean, hey, I'm sure the list of callers was extensive uh, to bring in a guy of his ilk and his, I hope, uh, his intensity because he's, he's self-admitted. He's, yeah. he's so competitive. Playing a game like beer league hockey is, is difficult because it's hard to keep that competitiveness under wraps and not to say, uh, become, as he said, uh, you know, a snap show. Snap so. show laddie. That's what the one texter said. Uh, wouldn't it be great for him to go into that locker room today and just totally have his game face on, be, be laughing inside and just kind of just give someone the stink eye in the corner on the opposition team and just say... You know, I wouldn't bother even thinking of, you know, driving to the net, coming even close to, to the my, my side of the ice and just to kind of get a chuckle out of those guys. But it's got to be, a, that's a big thrill for for guys that will be playing with, with Laddie today or whenever Laddie plays these games. All NHLers, when you're playing, you, you're, 
in in awe a little bit. You these guys, you know, they they accomplished what bums like me or you <laughs> never were able to even get close to. You know that when you think about trying to get to the NHL, then we dreamed about it. You know, we we thought, man. And then when you see and you're, you're sitting beside guys in these rooms, that's why, you know, I mean, and the Oilers do such a great job. They uh, save for the alumni skates that I've been lucky enough to do for several years just through work with the alumni. So they auction off a lot of um, packages at golf events over the course of the, of the summer. And, uh, you know, it can go for whatever, and it goes to the Oilers Community Foundation. So sometimes two, three, four players come in and get to skate with the Oilers alumni they give him a jersey and you know you sit around you you shoot the breeze with the guys and and it's just a lot of fun have a have a beer and have a, a piece of pizza after the game so these guys just you know and they just you can see it in their eyes they look around the room and they say man it's such a, a neat uh neat uh, aspect to have um anything else on the uh nfl schedule catch your eye duke as far as week number three um we kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday, but you know what the game, I, I think that Detroit-Atlanta game, that's a game where, so when you see Detroit, okay, they go in and they knock off KC to start the season. Come back, you think, all right, you got Seattle at home. Okay, game went to overtime, I get it, but that's a game that Detroit, if they want to consider themselves a legitimate division contender to win the division, they got to win that game. They got to find a way to go 2-0. And now they're one and one. Atlanta's two and zero. A lot of firepower. This could be this. I assume you're taking the over in this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a strong, a strong over choice. I think because of the fact that we know what the Lions are, and like you said, like that game that they lost last week, that is the Lions that we know. Even when the Lions are, you know, not a very, weren't a very good team and didn't have the pieces, they love to lose close games and in a heartbreaking fashion. Uh, this one, of course, coming in overtime. So. To, just like you said, to get to that next echelon of team and actually can have people take you seriously outside of your own locker room, like those mm-hmm. are games you need to find a way to win if you want to be a real contender. Um, and the Falcons are surprised a lot of people so far. That entire division down in the NFC South, I think, has um, between them and uh, and the Bucks both starting two and zero. So. The, the Lions, they're going to have to really man up on that D-line because the Falcons' run game is absolute dynamite. They mm-hmm. can go any which way with it. A lot of options to hand the ball off to. Um, and then they still got a couple really dangerous pieces out wide between Kyle Pitts if they ever decide to include him in their scheme and uh, and Drake London too. So I, I think that should make for a great game uh, early on Sunday. And Chargers-Vikings, uh, that's an early game as well on Sunday. Whoever loses this game... Can they make the playoffs? Both teams 0-2 coming in? Can they? Yes. Will they? Is it likely? I'm less inclined to say so, which is disappointing because these are two teams that I have Super Bowl futures on uh, from from the start of the season, teams that I really believe in or did believe in. I'm starting to question myself, but this is a big time like... um, loser goes home type mm-hmm. game because it, it said at 0-3, that's a big mountain to climb. Um, and both of them play in tough divisions. There's no easy games really uh, either either way in terms of their divisional matchups. So it's going to be a big one. And to, you want to talk about overs. I'm loving the over in this game. <laughs> I think it's set at 54 right now. Neither of these teams really like to play defense mm-hmm. and have gotten diced up uh, uh, each several times already this year. So love the over there. Um, the other game that's kind of, you know, Denver's 0-2 again. I mean, they're not going to – they're going to suck again all season long. 
They go into Miami. Miami will be, is, I don't even know what, what's the spread on this one. It's got to be, what, seven and a half minimum. We'll check that one. Uh, Miami's 2-0 and with both games uh, to start the season on the road. Um, Miami with a tough schedule when it's when you think three out of their first four, uh, the Finns on the road. After Denver, they go to Buffalo. So that's, that's like almost a division game right there. Whoever wins that game is sitting pretty because you think Buffalo will probably be both teams could be three and one after, you know, after Buffalo lost the first game of the season. But um, what is the spread on that one, dude? Six and a half. Six and a half. I it, could see that line moving a little bit. Yeah, it, the, the, I just uh, don't don't mean to take away from that game you're just talking about, but there are already a couple lines in week three that we're looking at two touchdown differentials. Uh, the Chiefs and the Bears game and the Cowboys and Cardinals game are at uh, 13 and 12 and a half point spreads respectively. Um, heading into the weekend, which this early in the season to see lines that big is not very common. And what's tonight? So I think tonight is. It, I think the Giants get smoked. Uh, tonight is ten and a half as there, well. well. So okay. that's no small margin by any stretch. But <laughs> there, there are some really bad teams in the NFL this year, and uh, we're still kind of figuring out who are the really good ones. A couple teams are off to great starts, but it's all about sustainability and you know stretching that out over a seventeen game schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, freezer bag comes in and we're going to be talking to the bag man freezer bag for a while here I can just see it uh, great guest I think he was assuming that that was uh, uh, Eric Lowe from ESPN so uh, thanks to everyone for uh, being a part of, the, of our show today uh, we had another uh, a great uh, two hours with Ladislav Schmid. we just enjoy his company every uh, Thursday we want to thank Frank Saravelli uh, from the Daily Faceoff our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter uh, Ladislav Schmid again 8, eight to 10 every Thursday comes in uh, in our studio here in West Edmonton Mall a great big smile on his face and just a joy to work with for sure uh on the mark, Mark Spector, powered by Booster Juice, uh, our daily contributor from Rogers Sportsnet at, at 8 o'clock. Matthew Fairburn from The Athletic covered the Buffalo Sabres uh, getting into uh, training camp. Uh, it was good to check in with him. Evan Dom, uh, Elks Director of Marketing and Communications, as the Elks uh, get ready for their second uh, to last uh, home game of the season. That's tomorrow night against the BC Lions. 7.40 kickoff at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, and some good stories with Evan and his dad. You know, I mean, he grew up at Claire Drake Arena. Cool. Uh, Rob Dom, great coach for sure. Uh, 10 o'clock hour, we had two guests, Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News, checking in with the American League wild card race in the American League West with the Texas Rangers. And then Eric Lowe, ESPN Senior Manager of Programming and Acquisitions, uh, was our guest at 1020. Uh, t- no, you know what? You got 12 games on ESPN, bang right off the hop with the Edmonton Oilers, three of them in the States, uh, right around uh, the New York area, Devils, Rangers, Islanders, right before uh, uh, Christmas. That will be an interesting uh, uh, idea, concept, everything with the Oilers uh, in that uh, uh, week before Christmas, and ESPN will be all over that. Uh, Tomorrow, Eddie Steele, 7-9. Guess who he's bringing in? Oh, Del Willis. The mayor... Of, well, he was mayor of Swaggerville. Mayor, he's he's mayor of about three places. Odell Willison. We should have some fun with Odell uh, for sure. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour is Fantasy Frenzy with the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas, and former Rush Ship T Bird. Connor Halley. Two o'clock uh, is Jason Greger to wrap things up in between. Of course, we've got the low down with low tide, uh, 12 to 2. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, before we head to uh, the top of the hour, uh, uh, the next public timed automotive. 
RV auction is now on. You can view on site, then bid online at info at maauctions.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Keep it between the ditches. Here's uh, the Duke with a sports update.